Hello and welcome back to Franklin Covey's weekly newest podcast, C-Suite Conversations with Scott Miller. That's me. I serve as your host each week. And now in our second year of this podcast series, you may know as a follower or subscriber that this podcast spun off of what is now the world's largest weekly leadership podcast that Franklin Covey hosts twice weekly on Tuesdays and Fridays, where we interview some of the most infamous in a good way, famous, influential thought leaders, best-selling authors, business titans. What we found after six years of interviews that it wasn't always the biggest celebrity or the Pulitzer Prize-winning author that got the most downloads and listens. It was often someone like you or I that had had a similar career journey that had made it into the C-suite and had remarkable leadership and life lessons to share. So we spun off this new podcast called C-Suite Conversations, where each week, We air on Thursdays, both in audio and video, a fairly intimate conversation with someone from the C-suite to talk about their own life journey, as many of us are either on our way to the C-suite, made it there and trying to hold on, or have absolutely no interest in being in the C-suite, but want to know, like, who is the face of some of our favorite brands, which leads us today to our guest. His name is Jason Beekle. He is the CEO of Whole Foods Market, where all of us love to shop. Jason, welcome to our podcast. Hey, Scott. Uh, Thanks for having me. Excited to be here today. Hey, it's our honor. We love it when we can interview CEOs or people from the C-suite and companies where we spend our money and brands that we like to support and brands that have, you know, uh, not just a margin focus, but a mission focus, very much like Whole Foods. And so I think today will make for a phenomenal conversation. I'd like to ask you a variety of questions around your point of view on leadership and and fields of experience to move into the C-suite. Before we have that conversation, Jason, would you rewind a couple of years? You're young, maybe one or two decades, and walk us through your education and your path to the C-suite. I understand you've been with Whole Foods about a decade, I think. So we'd love to kind of have yeah. all of our listeners understand your journey. That's that's great. Uh, yeah, I've been with Whole Foods Market uh, just over 10 and a half years. Um, if we're going to rewind, and I'll even rewind a few more uh, decades because it really ties to a connection that I have with Whole Foods, which is uh, my connection with food. Um, you know, growing up, I've been gardening since I was seven years old. Uh, my dad was a cheesemaker. Uh, both my grandparents had uh, dairy farms. So the connection uh, with food is something I've had my entire life. Uh, I grew up uh, in rural Wisconsin, just outside of a city called Fond du Lac, um, a lot of uh, farming communities, and uh, just uh, really had a, a wonderful opportunity to understand our broader food systems, You know, even at uh, a younger age. Uh, went to school uh, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, at University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, and uh, after graduating, uh, I entered the workforce in consulting, worked for a company now known as Accenture, and worked within the retail practice for my nearly 13 years there, helping retailers, including grocers, implement uh, technology and uh, business process uh, improvements. And uh, from that standpoint, uh, I really, over that experience, really gained a passion for retail. It was something that um, I loved working in that industry. And uh, for me, uh, I found that in the grocery space specifically is where I found a lot of passion. It's the most complicated, difficult part of retail, razor thin margins, complex supply chain. And uh, for me, uh, you know, problems and solving problems is, you know, something I've always loved. And 
ultimately, uh, that work led me to joining Whole Foods Market 10 and a half years ago. I read an article you um, were interviewed for at Entrepreneur Magazine where you talked about linear paths and zigzag paths and that zigzags were kind of inevitable. One wonders how you become the CEO of Whole Foods Market, but it seems fairly, um, fairly likely that you would have, given your, your, your focus on food and farming early in life and then your time at Accenture. As you look back now, could you ever have imagined that that would be, if not the pinnacle, a, a, a strong feather in your cap becoming the CEO of Whole Foods? Does that seem far-fetched that that's where you landed? Uh, yeah, I would say it, it, it did. If I think back to that point, if, if, there's, if there was the possibility I was going to end up in this, this role, it was not something I was thinking about uh, at that time. And uh, for me, it's, it's really been about uh, how do I just continue to follow uh, my passion and where that passion ultimately has an opportunity to you know, serve companies I'm working with, in this case, Whole Foods, it uh, just becomes a win-win and things that I can do in helping elevate the company and continue to have rewarding work, uh, which I love doing. So I tape this podcast from Salt Lake City, the headquarters of Franklin Covey. And I believe we have three or four Whole Foods in the greater Salt Lake area. I know of at least two. We frequent them with some regularity. One thing that I'm always surprised, uh, and there's one in Park City also, that is the longevity of your, of, your, of your employees. I mean, we see the same employees there for 10, 15 years. People that are, you know, working retail, cashiers even, right, that have been there for a long time. I'm going to guess employment is a difficult, if not really challenging issue for all retailers now, especially post-pandemic, and not to mention all the options people have. Why do you think, to the extent it's true, Whole Foods has a remarkable level of longevity with your employees? I, I see it in the stores, so it must be true. Yeah, it, it is absolutely true. It's one of the things that uh, we're really proud of. We have a lot of longstanding uh, team members. I was just visiting stores last week in our, our Boston Metro, and the number of team members who've been with us over 25 years that I had a chance to meet uh, was just tremendous. And uh, it's one of the things that I think really differentiates us from our competitors is our customers get to know and love our amazing team members and you get to see and have experiences with them, not just over a few years, but you know over decades. And a big part of you know why this is the case is the focus that we put on our team member experience and the culture that we cultivate across the, the company. And so our job is to figure out how do we make sure that we can create uh, rewarding uh, opportunities and growth opportunities for our team members and at the same time, making it a great place to work. Jason, I want you to uh, think about this question for a minute or so, maybe not a full minute, but I want to get your real insight on the fields of experience you think are most vital to enter the C-suite. You have a very strong technology, information systems background. My experience, having been in the C-suite myself for a decade at Franklin Covey, is that you know typically it is someone from finance, sometimes from sales, often from innovations or engineering. Rarely do you see someone move up from the people side of the business, the human resource side, which is kind of ironic, isn't it, that our most valuable asset are our people and our culture. But if you had to give some advice to people on the fields of experience that you think are most vital to move into the C-suite, recognizing that CFO and CMO will have different backgrounds, what generally would you advise people to say, hey, do a stint here, do a stint there, understand this, and this is going to set you up well to be an appealing candidate for a C position in any organization, maybe even industry agnostic? 
Yeah, I think it, it's some cases depends upon the industry itself. But I think in today's day and age, you know, understanding the operations of the business, I think, is so critical for any individual who's looking to move up into the C-suite itself and eventually into uh, a CEO position. Um, and this is something that, you know, for me, I, I have a lot of passion on. And I, I encourage folks, even if you don't directly work in the area of operations, you know, find ways where your role can connect to that work. So you can truly have an appreciation of uh, all different levels within the organization, but ultimately where the most important work does in supporting the business, how does your work impact that? And what are the areas by which you can have a better understanding to I, to figure out how you can help elevate the organization in the support of that work? And it's something that you know I've really encouraged within our organization, we call it store centricity. Um, how do we connect all of our different parts of the organization? So we're in service and support of our stores and that all of our store support team members, you know, whether you're working in our, our global offices within Austin or you're supporting things across one of our geographies, you're spending time in our stores and having that deeper connection. And so my advice to anyone is really find out within your industry, like what is that work and how do you become really close to it and use that as a way to find opportunities for how you can ultimately serve the company in a greater way. Jason, I'm going, to bet, I'm going to bet most of our listeners are like me. They know Whole Foods almost exclusively from the brand, the acquisition from, by Amazon, and the customer experience, right? Park your car, go in, load up 15, 20 things, check out and leave and have a good experience. But I'd love to know kind of beyond that, how is technology impacting your business? Obviously, we see all the lockers in the front of the stores now. You can order your food online and all that kind of stuff and return things there from Amazon. Talk about how technology is transforming the store we know as Whole Foods, our local grocer. Yeah, uh, technology is playing such a critical role in every aspect of our business. Um, from us looking into the upstream side of supply chain and how we improve, how we order product and forecast product to ensure we've got the best in-stock position for our customers, to the amazing customer experiences that we are trying to create. Some of them, you know, ultimately are behind the scenes and you don't necessarily see some of the work that's taking place. Other cases, it's technology that our customers are directly interacting with. And whether it's uh, enhancements that we're making to our mobile app or features that you can use um, within Amazon app, Amazon's app and Amazon.com and supporting, you know, groceries that you might have delivered to your house or picking up in the stores or you mentioned our lockers, the ability to pick up. Uh, return a product in our stores uh, to the checkout experience where we're continuously finding ways to help customers get in and out of our store as quick as possible to help save them time. Um, you know, at checkout, we're in the process of rolling out Amazon One, which allows our customers to use their palm to identify them as a Prime member as well as pay. And it's helping take, you know, meaningful seconds off of each transaction, which is great for our customers and helps us um, operate more efficiently. Jason, I'm sure everyone is interested to know, how do you keep a kind of family culture at Whole Foods being owned by one of the largest, if not the largest, you know, company in the world. Uh, Amazon has a pretty good job, has done a pretty good job of keeping their acquisitions wholly owned. My brother happened to be the, the leader of two Amazon-owned companies previously in his career and operated, you know, culturally, generally independent of Amazon. 
would love to know how you keep a intact whole food culture, I think you call it growing with purpose, when you're owned by one of the most algorithmically driven, process-oriented, expense-obsessed organizations in the world, how do you, which obviously has benefit to you as well too, how do you keep that balance as the CEO at the local level? I think for Whole Foods, one of the things is really staying true to our core values and the culture that we've you know, been building since we opened our very first store in 1980 and really finding ways by which we can balance you know, the, you know, the demands that we have in supporting what we need to do to uh, execute our business. And at the same time, making sure that we're cultivating that culture that creates an amazing team member experience. And you know, we've had great support uh, by Amazon and so many things that we've been able to do and actually creating um, an engaging and wonderful team member experience to improve tools and technologies that our team members are able to do their jobs in an easier and simplistic way to things that we've uh, ultimately, you know, built out in supporting our business in supporting customer experiences, which helps, you know, ultimately create a more engaging experience for our customers as well and our team members and new job opportunities that we've been able to create as well. So you look at our e-commerce business, which has just thrived since being part of Amazon. This has created many more opportunities for our team members, especially those um, who'd like to have more flexible work arrangements in picking up hours as a shopper. And so I think both can actually live well together. And the combination of uh, Amazon and Whole Foods, you know, clearly for us over the last uh, six years has been uh, positive for both our customer and our team member experience. I think it's reasonable to say that for most of us, our reputation is our most valuable asset. Follow closely with time, how you manage your time during the day. Walk us through a typical day. In fact, walk us through today. Look at your schedule today and tell us how you're organizing your time. What are you prioritizing? What does literally today look like in the life of the CEO of Whole Foods Market? Yeah, well, I happen to be uh, in uh, New York uh, for a few events. Uh, this happens to be something we call Team Member Appreciation Week, uh, which we have a dedicated week uh, each year in focusing on our team members. So there's a couple of events that I'm doing out here in our uh, office and store. So uh, for me, uh, it was a, a kickoff of uh, a very fun run. Uh, in Central Park um, this morning, uh, bright and early, even a little bit before the sun came up, uh, followed by uh, breakfast, which uh, helps uh, me provide the fuel I need for an action-packed day. Uh, the first event that I did was uh, a breakfast um, involving all of our store support team members in this geography. So it was really fun to uh, be part of a special day for them and celebrating the, the great work that they do and sitting down enjoying food, which is something that we just love at Whole Foods Market, uh, enjoying food together. And uh, from there, I've been uh, part of you know several meetings that are typically part of my cadence uh, that we do uh, each week. Uh, for us, you know, Mondays, it's obviously, you know, which was yesterday, looking through sort of what the back half of the last week was, you know, probing in on some areas that we want to dive deeper. And today, uh, on Tuesday is when we have what we call our, our weekly business reviews. And so uh, today will be a big part of looking at our you know, previous week, where we stand uh, month to date, and what are some of the actions that we want to take as a company um, going into this next weekend 
and uh, continue to support the business as needed. And so uh, a big part of my Tuesday will uh, encompass some of those discussions. And then uh, today uh, I've got the privilege of visiting several stores where we're gonna be doing some surprise and delight uh, activities to help celebrate our team member appreciation week. One of the things that I love is every single day is, you know, sort of unique. Um, I try to spend a lot of time, you know, in the field, if you will, visiting uh, stores, our facilities, suppliers, uh, community partners. And uh, today and a week like this is one that I uh, really enjoy because it's, you know, a new uh, adventure uh, in each different meeting. Hey, Jason, newsflash. Surprise and delight are oxymorons when the CEO shows up unexpected in a local <laughs> store. <laughs> that might be horrifying. But I'm sure you've had a great day as well because you've clearly had two showers already in shade because you had a very early morning and intense days. How many total associates in the Whole Foods Market family? Uh, we've got about uh, 105 uh, team members uh, right now. Well, you need, across 105,000. Thank you, 105,000. So you are the, the leader of 105,000 associate organization. I'm gonna guess your weeks are intense, huge pressure from to meet your performance measures. How do you balance the demands of keeping your job, staying in your role, providing great value, and living a balanced life outside of your role as CEO, which is only one of the many roles you have in life? Any tips or best practices you might share from other members, whether they're in the C-suite or not, to say, hey, here are some boundaries. Here's some things I do or don't do or discipline myself to make sure that I manage my energy and balance and multiple roles well in life. Who's not looking for that? Yeah, I have, I have two pieces of advice there. Um, the first one is setting priorities, and the second one is setting boundaries. And as you know, a leader and as the CEO, it's really important to help set um, that uh, expectation and leading from the top um, from that standpoint and setting the example for the rest of the organization. In setting the priorities, it actually helps support the entire organization. For us, you know, we have a very clear vision we call Growing with Purpose, which has a number of key, uh, four key priorities that we are focused on both here in the near term and the long term. We map a great deal of the work that we do um, around this vision and the strategy that we have in place both for uh, this next year and the next three years. And what it allows us to do is make sure that we are focused on the right things as a company in a unified way and making sure that uh, distractions that will inevitably come up um, ultimately are, are, are prioritized. And so I think making sure that we have a clear set of work and things are organized across the organization there just is really, really helpful as we um, try to make sure that we can do everything we can in, in serving Whole Foods Market in the right way. And the second part is you know, helping set um, the boundaries. So if it's really clear around the priorities that I have for a given week or given month or any team member has, how do we then make sure that we can plan for and, and have the right focus on that? And at the same time, set boundaries for things that are really important for us as team members and individuals to make sure that we uh, are fully replenished and ultimately we can have uh, enriched lives. And a lot of folks use the term work-life balance. And so for me, making sure I've got time for uh, taking care of myself, you know, from a, a physical standpoint and fueling myself is really important. So I mentioned earlier, you know, the run that I did, you know, every day I try to make sure I've got a time block of when I'm going to throw a run or a workout, some time for me to be able to uh, disconnect 
and at the same time, making sure I've got, you know, the right options for me to be able to fuel my body in a healthy way. So I'm planning out, you know, where am I, where am I going to be getting my meals based upon this travel or, or, uh, you know, things that I might uh, want to take along on a trip to make sure I'm continually making sure I've got the energy I need to support what sometimes can be long days. And the other part about boundaries that's really important is making sure that we're taking time off. And it's one of the areas I really try to lead by example. One of the things I love to do is, is hike. And so um, I'm oftentimes hiking in areas where, you know, you don't have uh, cell reception. And so it's being really clear. I'm unplugging over this period of time. These are the leaders that are going to help support in my absence. And, you know, ultimately making sure I can take that time to replenish myself and make sure when I step back into work, I'm re-energized and I'm not getting to a point of burnout. And so as leaders, it's so important, I think, for us to make sure that we set that example um, in allowing team members to set boundaries and uh, unplug. Jason, what's the most difficult part of your job? I think, you know, uh, you get a lot of demands. Everybody wants, uh, you know, different times and meetings and different things from that standpoint. So ultimately, I think it's getting to that point of prioritizing and figuring off the trade-offs of how do you best use all, all the hours that you're going to put into work in a given week. And so oftentimes it's a, it's a game of Tetris. Um, uh, my EA probably has one of the hardest jobs in the company of, of helping balance all of those different demands that come in from just a broad set of stakeholders. And ultimately, it's it's making sure that I can use my time in the best way possible in serving the organization every week. Let's talk about um, skill development, uh, hard skills and power skills, often called soft skills and other often called power skills. Uh, it's well known to our listeners and viewers. My wife and I have three young sons that are 9, 11, and 13. Pray for me. Pray for them. <laughs> it was a rough morning this morning getting those three into the car. My middle son decides to come out of the house. The sprinklers are on, and he's holding his shoes in his hand, and he walks down the stairs outside into the car, and his socks are sopping wet. And I say, what are you doing? He's like, everything is fine. I see his socks, they're sopping wet. We drive to school with wet socks. That was his punishment. I'd like you to think about what are the skills you want my three sons to be learning in the next five to seven years so that if they were to apply for a job at Whole Foods, in college, after college, whatever it was, that your leadership team would say, absolutely, I want those three Miller boys working at Whole Foods. Walk us through maybe three or four vital skills that you think the future of Whole Foods needs in its workforce five to six years from now. Yeah, absolutely. So the first one is communication. And you know, this is an area that I think is becoming sort of a, a lost art in some cases. It's so important, both written and verbal communications um, for how you're going to interact with fellow team members to you know stakeholders, both inside and outside of the company, whether it's through email or, or what have you. And so being able to communicate and do that effectively is so important and something that I think is really a table stake in sort of any organization going forward and especially at uh, Whole Foods Market. Um, the second area I highlight is, is digital literacy. And you know, this, again, is an area where I think it's become a table stake in the work for how we need to interact and, uh, you know, do a lot of the great work that, you know, we do, um, whether it's in our stores, our offices, um, or our facilities. 
Um, you know, the next area I'll highlight is, you know, uh, and it's maybe not a skill, but, you know, a connection and love with food. You know, one of the things that uh, really makes us different is, you know, so many of our team members, you know, have a passion for the business that we are in. And I think it's so important. It's whether you're in my role, you're working in one of our stores, you're working in one of our distribution centers or one of our bake houses, the connection to food is real. And ultimately, uh, foraging that is going to allow you not only to have great interactions with our customers, which is so important for uh, our team members, and uh, ultimately the reason our customers come to the store. It's the expertise of our team members, the experiences that they help create. So pick an area of food that you get excited about. It could be seafood. It could be you know cheese. It could be in our prepared foods or produce, um, and you know really help have an understanding of that so you could excel in one of those areas. So. Uh, I'd say that is my third. And the last area in it's so important is really around uh, customer service. And I think, you know, for us, you know, I look at this as it's a skill set, not only for our in-store team members in the amazing customer experiences that they are helping create and allows us to differentiate us from our competition, but it's really a skill set that I've tried to bring internally within our organization as well. Um, you know, all of us who don't work in our stores, we're part of an uh, uh, organization we call store support. And our job is to be in customer service for our stores and making sure that we everything we can do can help create a better team member and customer and supplier experience so we can ultimately um, live up to our highest potential. And so understanding the important areas of how all work connects back to our customers and how we can best service the organization in that way. Again, I think in some cases is becoming a lost art and something that's really important to our culture. I find it fascinating that the CEO with a degree in information technology basically has said all the skills he needs are interpersonal skills, self-awareness and maturity, relationship skills, communication skills. It's actually refreshing. Uh, last question, Jason. Um, how do you... How do, you, how do you prevent yourself from becoming um, ivory-towered, right? I mean, you have to make sure that you're not involved in every, every possible issue. You also have to make sure that you're not disconnected from what happens in the actual stores themselves. I have a friend in Winter Park, Florida. His name is Brian Hawkins, many-year associate in a store there. I think he works in your produce department. And I'm sure he's going to watch this interview, young man in his 40s, passionate Whole Foods champion. How do you make sure that as the CEO, you're setting mission, vision, and values, and you're focused on growth and profitability and in secure supply chain and being a responsible steward of the earth's resources and all the things that we like about Whole Foods? And how do you make sure that you're not out of touch with what's going on in Brian's life? Obviously, you can't know 100,000 people. How do you, any systems or strategies that you've set to make sure that you know what's going on and that you're not blindsided and problems don't become too big that you realize something has happened and it's too late for you to impact it. How do you balance that tension between working on the system and working in the system? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question and something that is so important at Whole Foods Market. You know, I mentioned a little bit earlier around us being store-centric and that is a really, really uh, critical uh, attribute within our culture. Uh, one of the things that I did before even stepping into the role is I did something we called the whole conversations tour. It really was a listening tour where I went and visited 
uh, all of our geographical areas connecting with stores and doing something we call team member connection meetings and being able to hear what's on the minds of our, our team members, meeting with suppliers, uh, community members, uh, customers. And as part of that tour, we also did a dedicated day. It was a workshop where in that geographic area, every one of our stores had an opportunity to send two team members to be part of a conversation, a member of leadership and uh, a team member. And we spent time talking about what are the biggest opportunities we have as Whole Foods Market, both in the short term and long term. And so every single one of our stores, offices, and facilities had a chance to be part of that conversation. And we took that feedback, and it really served as a primary input into developing our vision, growing with purpose. And so we really rooted, uh, if you will, our path forward as far as being connected to all of our different stakeholders, but especially being connected to our team members. And what we did in announcing our Growing With Purpose vision in this past January is make the commitment that every single one of our stores, uh, facilities, and offices would be visited by a member of our executive team to have a conversation around Growing With Purpose, to be able to do a Q&A and feedback and uh, ultimately then do a, a walk of the facility to connect with team members. So I'm in the midst of, of that you know, roadshow right now, as well as the rest of our executive team. And really what it's doing is help set the example um, of the time we're spending in stores and being connected to our team members and using this as a continuous point of feedback and being connected to all different types of stores that we have, different facilities. And so it's been an amazing experience being able to not only talk about our future, but really having real-time feedback from our team members. And, you know, I personally spend, you know, time in, in you know, 100 and 150 stores a year to make sure that I'm rooted in that and setting the expectation for all of our uh, store support team members of having that connection. So it's not just making sure that I don't have the ivory tower effect is how do we make sure across all different parts of our support organization, we're ultimately rooted in the work that's happening um, by our team members and the experiences that we are creating for our customers. Beautifully said. Good luck today with surprise and delight. What's going to happen? Uh, well, uh, we've got uh, a couple of uh, sort of surprise experiences that we're going to be doing in sharing some food and meeting some team members and just appreciating them for their work. So I know you mentioned a little bit earlier that it uh, might be a little scary for folks, but I think by and large, it will be uh, a happy and exciting uh, set of events that we've got in the stores that we've got lined up for today. I get that sense from your personality and your character. So Jason Beekel, CEO of Whole Foods Market, thanks for your time today. Have a great week ahead. Thanks so much, Scott. Uh, thanks for having me. Take care. And we'll see you back here next week for a new conversation from the C-Suite.